Crusaders and welcome to another edition of Batman, the animated series podcast. I'm your host, Alex Robson, and with me as always is my co-host, my brother, comic book artist and writer, and the guy who's never worn a pair of Crocs in his life. It's Mr. Will Robson. Say hello, Will. I have tried them on and I hated them. They are not a good looking pair of shoes, are they? No, they are not. I mean, great if you got stinky feet, let those bad boys breathe, right? But I, I thought there was, I can't remember the scenario, but there was a time when I was out and about in the shops and I was like, I had that, like, my wife was like, they're pretty comfy shoes, actually. Like, they're ugly, but they're comfy. And I put them on. And I was just like, these are just not, I don't get it. I don't get it. Neither do I. And they look like something out of, like, a fairy tale character would wear, like a cobbler from, like, you know, some medieval town who's just, like, got the biggest, like, clobbery mm. feet. They're much like, in Amsterdam, You there's all these, like, wooden shoes around. It's like yes. part of their culture. And they look yeah. like that. I tell you who does wear them, chefs. Chefs wear them in like big kitchens all the time. I've seen I've seen it recently where I was like, I've never seen so many pairs of Crocs all at once in all my life, but they are popular with chefs. Crocs. Crockpot. <laughs> There's a connection there somewhere. <laughs> anyway, well we'll get to the crockpot and all of that stuff later. How's the art life going? It's going alright. I'm working uh, for Marvel and I'm drawing my Doctor Doom project, so I'm happily doing that. I just ordered some uh Outbreaks fridge magnets that I got on a good deal. So you could stick the little Emozi logo on a on a fridge or something like that, which is fun. So I'm gonna That's make that cool. a part of the next campaign. And he's yeah. not he's not mispronouncing emoji, it's emoji for a reason because of zombie. That's right. It's an emoji icon of a zombie that I call the emoji because I am a great writer with great ideas. So creative. It's very creative. I'm the best. Anyway, so <laughs> yeah, it's going all right. I've been um, slowly flatting the book and putting it together and lettering it. And it's a very tease process. And it's so funny because I'm like, oh, I feel like there's not enough time, even though I technically have a little less than half a year to do it. It still just feels like there's so much to do. But I recently drew, um, inked and colored the uh, next issue. Every single issue, I do a Todd McFarlane homage cover because he's my favorite comic book artist. He's the reason why I loved comics as a kid. And he's just a personal hero of mine. I just like love him to bits. So every single issue of Outbreaks, I mean, if you don't know, Outbreaks is my zombie comic which will be available in March on Kickstarter. So keep an eye out for that, baby. Yeah, Sammy Davis Jr. loves Outbreaks. Wow. Sammy Davis um, Two-Face, you mean? Sammy Davis Two-Face. Oh, not issue two coming out, baby, but issue three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> issue two also still available. Yeah. Yeah, so drew that, and I think it turned out really great. I, I thought it was a fun cover. It's it's playing off of one of the most famous Tom McFarlane covers, which is like 301 or something like that, of the Amazing Spider-Man. It's the classic image where Spider-Man's on his back and Venom is over yes, him. It's a great It's a super famous cover. comic book cover. Oh, by the way, we were talking about collecting before. I also have another new collection thing I'm doing. I'm trying to collect every first print Tom McFarlane Marvel covers. So. That's a way cooler idea. For Remember a that for Christmas time, buddy. Okay, good to know. Yeah. So it turned out really cool. A lot of people really like it. I, what I did is I took one of my characters and I have a zombie instead of Venom, and I love it. And I love doing them. I love doing those homage covers. So that's that's what I'm doing. And then I also, when I did that cover, I did a little letterbox up in the top corner. Which, if you don't know what a letterbox is, it's when old comics, like let's say you bought an issue of Spider Man there would be like a little drawing of Spider-Man in a box at the top of the comic. And it would say 
what month it came out, what issue it is. Yeah, like I didn't that. know they were called that. You told me that, and I was like, what yeah. the hell is that? Always loved that as a kid, right? They're just gone now. They don't Comics don't do them anymore. And I'm bringing them back for my book now. So for, for the next, when I reprint issue one, which I have to do soon because people bought copies of issue one in the previous Kickstarter campaign, there's now going to be a letterbox at the top, and it's going to have what story is going on in Outbreaks is going to be in the letterbox. So since the first three issues are about the story Rotten Luck, which is about two people locked in the drunk tank at the beginning of the zombie apocalypse, and behind the, their cell door is a bunch of zombies, and they got to figure out how to get out of that cell. Well, they're going to be left for dead, baby. Yeah, I'm back. Nah, two times. Yeah, I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now it will say, like, inside this book, Rotten Lock Part 1 and Part 2 and Part 3. So I thought that that's, like, a fun thing to do. So when Issue 4 eventually comes out, which will be a brand new story in the Outbreaks universe, there'll be a new letterbox, and so on and so forth. So I, I just thought that was a fun little idea so that when you collect it, you can, like, flip through the issues. You can see, like, oh, I need two or three. I'm missing that and stuff like that. So that is cool. I like that a lot. Yeah, it looks good. The new cover looks great. Um, I love that you do the odes. I think that's a really nice touch. And yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm just love seeing all of this stuff that you're posting, all the stuff that you're doing. Excited to see more. So great job, bud. How's Marvel going? Thank you very much. Yeah, Marvel's fine. I mean, I'm working with an editorial team that I really like. They pay on time, which is great. That's always an absolute bonus in this industry. Drawing like a really fun story written by a writer that I've really liked, who's a pretty prolific Spider-Man writer. So yeah, just having fun on that book. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, well, you mentioned Two-Face before, and actually that does lead me into just mentioning that uh, some sad news. Actor Richard Mole passed away at the age of 80 just a few mm. days ago at the time of this recording. But yeah, sadly, the voice of Harvey Dent and Two-Face uh, and the Bat Computer and other characters in Batman the Animated Series, Richard Mole, has passed away. But he's left uh, behind an amazing body of work. He was also Scorpion in Spider-Man the Animated Series. Um, oh, was he? He was, yeah. He, um, Martin Landau was Scorpion to begin with, and then he took over after ah, Martin yes. Landau won the Oscar and was like, I don't need to do this anymore. I don't, Goodbye. Yeah, I don't need to be on this kid's cartoon. Get yeah. fucked. <laughs> but Richard Moore was a great Scorpion as well, and then he also played the Abomination in the Incredible Hulk, the animated series. Okay. You know, the Hulk. Incredible Hulk. I, I saw him recently. I watched this movie called House for the first time which was a bizarre film. It was like a, in the vein of like evil, all these movies that came out after Evil Dead that were trying to be real slapstick horror. It was like a haunted house. And he randomly popped up in it as like a Vietnam soldier. And he was oh, like, I wasn't even, yes. I wasn't even looking at the screen. I was like busy, like working. And I just heard like this voice being like, we gotta fight all those soldiers out there. And I was like, that's Two-Face. And I looked up, I was like, that is Two-Face. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. I saw that in his credits. Um, and of course you're watching loads of old horror. So that makes sense. You come across that. He was also in so many episodes of a show called Night Court, where he had shaved his head. And he was the famous bald, very tall. He was very tall, uh, Richard Mole. He was like six foot five or six foot eight or something crazy. Um, he was also it's the scary movie too, right? Yeah, he was just about to say he's the Hell House ghost in Scary Movie Two, which is a great role. Dementor in Jingle All the Way, not Harry Potter, but the villain Dementor in Jingle All the oh Way. Oh my God! Yes, of course he is. Right at the beginning, ta ta, Turbo Man. Yes, um, classic line. Yeah, and loads of other films and TV. So it's very sad that he's gone, but what an amazing body of work he's left behind. Especially Two Face. I mean, he revolutionised that character, and he paved the way for Two Face in film 
and TV after his portrayal. So he will be missed, but uh, what an amazing role. And apparently he died very peacefully in his log cabin in California. So I think he lived a good life and seemed very happy. Dying peacefully in a log cabin sounds great to me. Yeah, so rest in peace, Richard Mole. Rest in peace. <laughs> Two pieces. <laughs> I mean, so that's very inappropriate. Rest in peace. The other news I have is Netflix UK was originally supposed to release Batman the Animated Series way back in early September. There was all of this hype on the internet over Batman the Animated Series is finally coming to the UK on Netflix. And the day of release, everyone checked it, including me, and it just wasn't there. And everyone's like... Wow. What the fuck? And apparently it has to do with like copyright law. They were waiting for something to expire. So I've checked it again recently. And not only is Justice League, the animated series, now on Netflix. So that's here. But Batman, the animated series, is now supposedly officially coming on November 21st. Okay. Just in time for Thanksgiving. Yeah. So uh, the other thing that we do on this show and talk about is our casting call. Are you ready to cast a new character in our live action Batman the Animated Series universe? I am. Who will they cast in this part? All right. This is where we come across new characters in this show and we cast them in the modern day. If we were making our own live action fan cast universe, who would we have play these roles? So before I go into our casting choice of today, bud, we had Harley Quinn last time and we put it up to a vote to the listeners where I chose Emma Roberts. Um, You didn't have a choice, but you wanted to see what people thought. So thank you, everyone, for voting in. We had over 600 people vote. On this, really? Oh which my is god, amazing! It was all on Instagram and it was only up for 24 hours, so people wow. wanted to be heard. And with a 64% yes and a 36% okay. no, Emma Roberts took it. I thought if it was going to be like in the 50s, that's kind of tough, but I think 64% mm. that's a lot of people saying yes to Emma Roberts. Um, did anybody give their own suggestions? They did. We had a few listeners suggest alternatives such as Mia Goth um, or Dove Cameron. Um, I looked, Who were they? I don't know. I looked them up and they weren't people that I recognized. They looked like they would do an all right job. Um, one of them wasn't blonde, but I think that was even in the notes of one of the listeners said if she decided to go blonde. But Emma Roberts um, not only took the vote and seemed like a lot of people were saying yes to it, but I got a few uh, messages from listeners saying, I think she'd be fantastic. Loved her in this. I think she's great in American Horror Story. She's got the right vibe for Harley. Uh, and also, I did some research. Guess who was offered the role of Harley Quinn in the Suicide Squad and turned it down? Emma Roberts. That's right. So I think that's pretty interesting that even though she didn't choose to be Harley Quinn, that version, which is not my favorite version, it's still interesting that she was even the first choice to play Harley Quinn. So I think that's Mm -hmm. pretty telling. I think that makes, I think she fits in in that role. So Emma Roberts is our Harley Quinn. All right, now let's cast the character today, which is Killer Croc. Buddy, I'm going to start because I'm going to say I think I bow out of this one because I think that it should be a wrestler and I don't know any modern day wrestlers. I mean, Killer Croc has even said to have been a wrestler 
in his whole little like mm. speech he gives Batman and his backstory. So I was like tolling over it. At one point I had Jason Momoa in there because I wanted someone. Oh, d- I know, but I wanted someone dumb. You know what I mean? And like buff <laughs> and dumb because it's Killer Croc is dumb, but it's, it's not, it's not fit for him. Uh, and then I had the guy that played uh, Deathstroke briefly in um, the DC. Yeah, and he was also like a werewolf on True Blood. And he was Flash in the original Spider-Man movies. Which yeah, I don't want to fight me either. Yeah. So I had him and I was like, he's pretty That's good. Not, you know what? Make that your choice. That's not a bad choice. All right. Um, I got to look up his name because I didn't even write it down. And then I finally landed on Triple H, which I thought would be great. But <laughs> maybe 20, 20 years ago. You know what he's- I mean? He's the head of creative at WWE. I don't think he's going to take time off to be Killer Croc in a Batman the Animated Series modern show. You don't know that, sir. I mean, he um, <laughs> he was in he was in um, he Blade was in three. Blade Three, yeah, as like yeah. a little part, like a Killer Croc. The like, best Blade movie. Ah, oh, man, what's the friggin' name of the guy from? I'm literally looking up Spider Man because I can't think of anything else that he's in that I'll find right away. He's a big Dungeons and Dragons nerd as well, isn't he? Is he? Yeah, he has. What, him and Henry Cavill? He has like celebrity games of Dungeons and Dragons. Joe Manglianello, a Mangianalo. Oh, yeah, it just sounds like some guy we we grew up with in New Jersey. (laughs) Yeah, it does. I'm going over to the Mangianellos. I'll be back tonight. (laughs) I'm going there for dinner, so, you know, I'll be there for a while. I'm going to have something tomato based. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. You know it's gonna be good at the Manganiello. Manganiello, oh yeah. Um, all right. So my choice is Joe Manganiello. I honestly don't think that's a bad choice. My my choice. Um, I wanted a big brute, right? Yes. It's Killer Croc. He needs to be bigger than Batman. He needs to be shocking when you see him. How big he is. Yes. So I chose one of the biggest wrestlers I know out there, who. His head, like, he's bald, so you can see, like, how his head would look with the Killer Croc makeup and everything like that. And I chose the wrestler, WWE's Bobby Lashley. So you'll have to search pictures of him. I know you don't know anything Can he about play him, an idiot? That's my choice. But yes, he can. So he could be, like, a like a real, like, I throw a rock at him type stuff. Absolutely. 100%. I mean, he's a big dude. He's 47. Yeah, but Killer Croc's got a bunch of makeup on him. Yeah, I guess you wouldn't be able to tell, would you? He's a big dude. God he's 47? Damn. He's 47 years old. That's what it says here. God damn. I mean, he looks good for his age. Uh, mixed martial artist. You don't know how tall he is, do you? Oh, he's big. Yeah? He's probably six foot six or something like that. Oh, I see him squaring up against Batista. 1.91 meters. I hate how it does that. I'm like, just tell me in feet. <laughs> six foot three. Okay, that's pretty big Six foot three. Dude. Okay, I wasn't far off. Yeah, um, that's my choice. But you know, I'm happy also to leave that up to the audience as well. Okay, Joe Manganiello so. or Bobby Lashley. So, guys, just like last time with Harley Quinn, uh, for those that didn't get the chance, when this episode goes live, which is usually on a Thursday, you'll be able to go to our Instagram at Batman TAS Pod, check out our stories, and you'll be able to see a poll up for this, and you'll be able to vote. So, please go and do that. Will be up for 24 hours and then whoever wins will be our choice for killer croc all right buddy speaking of killer croc are you ready to review this episode i am
Okay, this episode is titled Vendetta. It came out on October 5th, 1992. Directed by Frank Parr, story by Martin Pascal, written by Michael Reeves, and animation by Spectrum. Featuring Kevin Conroy as Batman Bruce Wayne, Efren Zimblis Jr. as Alfred, Bob Hastings as Commissioner Gordon, Robert Costanzo as Detective Harvey Bullock, Marie Devon or Mary Devon as Summer Gleason, Aaron Kincaid as Killer Croc, Ingrid Olu as Renee Montoya, and John Vernon as Rupert Thorne. Honorable mentions here, Spectrum Animation produced this episode, and they previously animated episodes that we reviewed, which were On Leather Wings, Heart of Ice, It's Never Too Late, POV, Beware the Grey Ghost, and See No Evil. All of those episodes we said... These motherfuckers know how to animate a show. They do, don't they? This episode looked dope. I really dug the vibe of this episode. We got writers... Looks the bat's knees. The bat? Oh, instead of the bee's knees. Wow, that was a stretch. That's right. All right, that's well, the level of humour we're stuff. working with today. <laughs> I, I was doing a stretch as much as this episode does a stretch. Oh, yes. Boy, are there some oh, there's big time stretches, time stretches we'll get to. Uh, next up, we've got writers Martin Pascal and Michael Reeves have both been credited previously on this podcast in our Pretty Poison and Feet of Clay reviews, so go check those out to hear their creds. We've got director Frank Parr, who has been credited previously on a review of Be a Clown, as well as being a guest on our show, so go back and check that episode out if you haven't yet already. All right, some acting creds next. We got Aaron Kincaid as Killer Croc. He previously played the character of Lucas in Prophecy of Doom. Do you remember Nostromus's sidekick, like right hand man, Lucas? Yeah. That was the same voice as Killer Croc. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, very different. As well as being known for playing the roles of Sky Lynx in Transformers, Fritter Oway in DuckTales, and Bobby in The Ghost in the Invisible Bikini. Woo. Sorry, I used the DuckTales, I had to say. Um, I, I get it, I would have to do it as well. Uh, so yeah, not many notable roles for Aaron Kincaid, but um, he did do some acting gigs and then went into voice acting closer to the end of his life, and he sadly passed away in 2011 at the age of 70. So not super old, but not super young either. Next up, a utility belt of fun facts. This episode marks the first time that Waylon Jones' Killer Croc makes his appearance on screen, ever which is pretty cool. When Batman is going through the filing cabinet searching for Bullock's file, he passes a file for Bait N, which could be a reference to Norman Bates from Psycho. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Yeah, Bait and... N, not Bates? Yeah, but there was a Bates there, but it didn't have an N, and then you would go, and then it said Bait N. So Bates had, like, a different first name initial. I mean, it's got to be a... It's got to be an ode. Right? We know the Hitchcock odes in this show now, and they were apparent in almost every episode. In the original script, written by Michael Reeves, the ending shows Killer Croc escaping to SeaWorld Park, where he gets knocked into a pool of electric eels. Frank Parr rewrote this ending when he came to direct it. Now, that's interesting. What do you think about that? Is Killer Croc escaping to that, like, SeaWorld knockoff that they have in Gotham? Love it. I think that's really cool, actually. The pool of electric eels, I guess... That's a, I guess that's a way to go out. But I like Batman taking him out with his his wits, you know what I mean? I think that's better than... I tell you what, though, I just watched this episode. I don't remember how Batman takes him out. If he fell into a tub of electric eels, I would have remembered it. I guess so, yeah. Batman, the way Batman takes him out is he wraps his grapnel gun around his hand underwater and then fires it out and it yanks Killer Croc away from him. Okay. Underwater. I will say, while watching this episode, I had a very delicious lunch and it was a bit distracting because it was very nice. <laughs> and, I, and I caught myself many times being like, oh, fuck, I've got to pay attention to this episode. What, because you were just looking at your lunch? 
I would, no, I was just I was I was on a different planet just eating meats and cheeses. Next up, Spider Conway may refer to Killer Croc's co-creator, writer Jerry or Gary Conway, who also wrote Spider-Man for a time, perhaps explain the animated character's first name. So that's interesting. Spider Conway was a random character. He does show up one more time in this show very briefly. Spider Conway? He's the guy on the boat at the beginning. He's the convict that, like, the criminal. Right, that... which I was totally paying attention Jesus for. Christ, you really were not paying attention originally killer croc's first story was going to be his origin story which would have been greatly different from his origin in the comics he would have been an animal trader who was bitten by a lizard giving him a disease that mutates him into killer croc absolutely no no that's that's what sony will make as a fucking killer croc movie nowadays guess what it also in this plot had him plan to create an army of reptiles in the sewers of gotham you no that no I mean, not only has that been done in Spider-Man the Animated Series, that exact plot, but then obviously The Amazing Spider-Man ripped it off as well. And we both know that 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 episode and that film are not really loved by most people. Not great, Bob. Not Not great. great. Finally, director Frank Parr praised Spectrum for the animation in this episode, particularly noting that the subtle reflections, mist and gentle rain created the ambiance he had in mind for this episode. It was a super atmospheric episode. It really was. I I loved the vibe in this episode a hell of a lot. So let's get yeah. into it. What did you... Let's chew into the fat. Let's get our, our teeth into it. What did you think of this episode? Um, I... I thought it was a really pretty episode. I mean, super noir. Aunt, like, Big noir time. cranked right up for this episode. Anytime the mob is involved in Batman the Animated Series, I love it. I love me some Rupert Thorne. I love that he's got a little green thumb in this. Like, yeah. He, does, he, does, like, he plans the murders of all these different people, but he loves, you know, he t- takes care of his little plots on top of his rooftop in Gotham City. Like, that's kind of cute. Yeah. I love when, like, I a bet he, na- I bet he named like... a few of them as well. Yes, he did. Of course he did. Maybe he yeah. named them after all of the guys he's whacked. He's like, that's little, that's, that's little Tony over there, and that's that's Bobby Two that's his, that's his trophy room, then. So that's his trophy room. Oh! <laughs> oh, I love this backstory. This is canon now for me. Yeah, that's, that's fun. Love all that. I thought, I love Killer Croc in this as well. Like, he's a less stupid than he becomes you know he becomes just a big dumb dumb brute yes but in this he's like this intimidating thing when he gets in the car with bullock and just looks right at him like we get the pov yeah. of bullock i i would poop on my pants <laughs> yeah he's he is intimidating he's gigantic and those yellow teeth like uh, and his bulging scary. yellow eyes like looking right at him like yeah i drive the car yeah i really like killer croc's design in this show i think it looks really good me too I also, I really love, like, his cave that he has, his little hideout. I think that's a really yeah. cool villain hideout for him. Yeah, so I, I, I think it's cool that he's got his background in wrestling. That's in the comics as well, like his origin. He was also part of a freak show. So all of that's kind of mixed in with this. But you're right, he's got more of an intelligence in this episode. Like, he's actually, he's plotted a way to frame Bullock, where in the other yeah. episodes, he's just a big dumb guy who's like, I threw a rock at him, you know? Like, yeah. they really drop him down, and I think he, he he's deserved the more. Definition of, he's the definition of muscle, right? Like, yes. that's what he is. Like, yeah. when you're putting your team together, you put, you put him in the muscle yeah, spot. Yeah, I agree. I thought the music was very good in this episode. Um, I didn't think it was, like, outstanding, although I did notice... 
that it sounded very reminiscent of Jaws when he was swimming up to the boat. The strings were like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, as he was going towards it, and I was like, that's a cool touch if they were giving an ode to Jaws. And also very Hitchcock with the plucking of the strings, the dun 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 I really love all of that. I think that sounds really good. So yeah, right at the start, the intro in the rain, like creating that atmosphere, Spider-Conway's on the boat, dimly lit Gotham docks. That's really cool. Like, I love Gotham docks. We don't see yeah, enough too. of that. Like, I have we ever seen Gotham docks in the movies before? I can't remember if we ever have. If there's like, there's something going down at the docks and like Batman has to go and, you know, take yeah, care of it. Yeah, it's quite a while to be like, yeah, they're down at the docks. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I'm sure there's probably stuff in the movies that I'm forgetting about, but nothing that's like super noir that I can remember. Gordon blames Bullock for the boat explosion for no reason. He says, like, remind me to never think of you as a good luck charm. I'm like, what the fuck did Bullock do? Like, why is it his fault? I was knee deep in salami at that point, so I was (laughs) not paying attention. Uh, Bruce is rocking his baby blue turtleneck in this episode, his casual at-home wear that also doubles as, like, a stealth outfit sometime. I'm like, you do like that that turtleneck, don't you? That's got to just purely be from the keaton movies right with his turtleneck yeah you're right obviously it's black in those but you're right it's gotta be from yeah from the burton movies yeah absolutely hey i rock a black turtleneck too and i look good in a turtleneck i feel so confident in a turtleneck do you feel like uh keaton's batman when you wear a turtleneck no because i'm not a big fat nerd like you are i just feel like more of a sophisticated adult when i'm in one you're just big and fat (laughs) (laughs) yeah i may be big and fat but i'm not a big fat what about when you put your glasses on a little bit no don't think about it once (laughs) all right okay um so yeah you were talking about thorn's greenhouse and i thought batman was putting on his sexy voice for rupert thorn during this like right he's like it's getting a little hot in here you're like mm. oh what's it's like oh yeah yeah a man who's a man with a green thumb what else can you do with that <laughs> thumb thorn huh? hey is that a thorn in your pocket or are you just happy to see me <laughs> and he also are you saying my dick is the size of a thorn because <laughs> it is he also he also grabs his boob before like leaping off the building oh, with him. Did, yeah. you, did you see that he's just like he just Batman. takes a big chunk of meaty titty and he just grabs him and jumps off the roof. Batman's in heat. He's uh, It's his season. Whatever season this is, <laughs> is, is when Batman goes into heat. He sees Thorne's big juicy buns and he's like, oh, yeah. I'm into big fat guys. I want to pollinate that, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, I want to pollinate that, Thorne. <laughs> I want a kiss from the rose. <laughs> I want to photosynthesize that ass. (laughs) (laughs) Not just like, please, someone help me. Someone send in the goons. You are the horniest superhero I've ever met in my life. (laughs) So after Batman and Gordon go for a little stroll on the beach, Batman finds what looks like a tooth, but is later identified as a scale. But at first I was thinking, so he finds the toothpick that belongs to Bullock, and then he finds the tooth, and I'm like... Is his level of detection in this episode all to do with dentistry, where he's just, like, finding, like, things to do with the mouth? Like, what's he going to find next? Like, a half-eaten sandwich? And he's just like, it's definitely Bullock. This is his type of sandwich. Mm, I don't think that's his MO. Half-eaten? I think he's kind of a (laughs) leave-no-evidence-behind guy. That's true. What do you think of Killer Croc cosplaying as Bullock as well? Love it. Very cool. And, look, anytime a big character gets in a trench coat and a hat, 
it's my jam. You stick the thing in there, I love it. You stick Raphael in there, I love it. The books that I'm releasing next year, I have a big Frankenstein, and he's in a giant trench coat and a fedora. Why? Because it's one of the coolest fucking looks there is out there. Yeah, that's a good point. I did think it was funny, though, that he was soaking wet, and I was like, so did you swim? in your bullock get up to get to jail it's raining outside <laughs> couldn't you have just changed into dry clothes afterwards like did you have to he was soaked i didn't think about that point <laughs> i like being wet also how dark is it that you can't see that in that big get up is a crocodile scaled man <laughs> that's like six foot five yeah also uh, are we not going to talk about how is is spot on perfect impression of bullock oh yeah is he an impressionist <laughs> or something yeah, does killer so- croc have a secret skill where he's like i'm really good at impressions <laughs> listen to me i'm rupert thorne hey, that's pretty good thank you uh, here's a second impersonation for you hey that's two-face yeah. i'm down at the improv every thursday night <laughs> toodles <laughs> they're like hey that's the joker that's the fucking joker he just didn't leave it <laughs> I bet Clayface is like, what the fuck, man? That's my ammo. Like, what, what are you doing? Batman does a weird thing in this episode, though. He's reading the newspaper headline about Bullock's arrest. Then he puts it down and he does a weird exhale before looking into the microscope. Yeah, yes, he does. Did you notice that? I'm like, why did he do did. that? Like, why is he like, <sighs> like he does like a, <sighs> it's a weird little blowy whistle that he does, but it's not even Maybe a whistle. He was doing some like MIDI exercises. Oh, maybe. He was, like, reading the paper and, like, clenching his butthole, like, 5,000 times. <laughs> and release. I've read that paragraph. <laughs> but then he waves off Alfred for bothering him, for looking at... Oh, like... the wave off is so funny. <laughs> I wish they had a little... Like, when he's waving him off. I've Alfred be like, all right, fuck you then, sir. I only brought you a f- some fucking soup. Like, only trying to feed you. In fact, you requested this soup. It's your favorite. It's French onion soup. What a crock of shit. Alfred, crock. By God, you're brilliant. Crock, yes. And I think he's annoyed that Batman didn't immediately notice that his favourite soup was up. Like, it's there and it's ready and it's hot. And it's so lovely that he bought him a microwavable crock pot. Like, he's obviously seen so many soups go to waste. Like, go cold in the back. I don't think it's lovely. I think it's, it's a very... British passive-aggressive move. Like, uh, I put it in a crock pot, sir, so that it doesn't go cold. <laughs> A.K.A. Every time I make you a fucking soup, you always say, Alfred, my soup is cold. <laughs> it's because you take two hours until you finally eat it, sir. And it better not end up on Mr. Freeze's face either, because I did not like that last time. I spent hours on that one. <laughs> also, does that mean that there is a microwave in the Batcave? Like... You see, like, the back computer and, like, all of these science devices and then just, like, what, a fold-out table with a microwave on it and some <laughs> plastic knives and forks. It's got a bat plate. signal on it just because it has to yeah, have a bat logo a, on it. Yeah, we've got to brand everything. <laughs> <laughs> and it is very funny that he refers to it being a microwaveable croc and that's how Batman realises it's a crocodile scale. But I was like... I it could have been anything. It, it could have been anything. Been like, like, what if he... I, I, I just let you know for Christmas, I want a pair of these specific Crocs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> or what if he said something completely else? Like, sir, you've got a message from a Miss Cammy Leon on the phone. Should I pencil in for Tuesday? Chameleon? Chameleon? No? <laughs> what about a Miss Lizzie Hard? Huh? Lizzie Hard? 
<laughs> I get a hard one for Lizzie, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Alfred and Lizzie, you're a genius. <laughs> <laughs> so would you like some of this Gatorade? <laughs> ah, yes, put that one together yet, sir. <laughs> Gatorade. So like on Leather Wings, though, whenever Batman is facing like a giant human-animal hybrid, he has to go to the zoo to research. Like he's done that with Man-Bat. Now he's obviously going for Killer Croc. Like it was just weird how he just went in and he's like, oh, crocodile exhibit. Oh, yeah. And they have caves. That's all I need for my information. Bye. <laughs> like Bruce Wayne only comes <laughs> here and he stays for about five minutes <laughs> and then he leaves. He did that at the Bat exhibit and now he's doing it at the crocodile exhibit. Well, he's very busy. He likes minute. He is very particular my new interest in certain animals throughout the years <laughs> and i've said it once and i'll say it again the bat boat is the coolest fucking vehicle in this entire show oh you're back on the bat boat train then i haven't even mentioned the fact that it's not just a boat but it's a submarine as well it can submerge and go underwater and i think that's really fucking cool and batman looks so cool in that cockpit when he's underwater and he's just silhouetted I think it's such a cool-looking vehicle. I love it. I mean, it's going to stink because he lets the, all of it fill with the Gotham Harbour water and then swims out of it. Yeah, that's Poor true. Alfred having to scrub that down. You had to fucking go into the bloody Gotham yes. docks, didn't you, sir? For the last time, you just jump off the boat and swim down instead of bringing the whole <laughs> fucking thing under the water. <laughs> Why did you choose crushed velvet interior for this, sir? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> I like the way it feels on my cape, Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> my cape, like he's got feeling in the cape. <laughs> I'm thinking of getting a crushed velvet cake. No, no, Sam. <laughs> so, I said cake instead of cape. I'm hungry. I'm sorry, Alfred. Yeah, and like, how did he know to go to that underwater cave? Like, he just took the bat boat down and he just sees the entrance and he's like, that's got to be it. And he's right. Like, how many underwater caves are there in Gotham? I thought it'd be funny if he spent hours searching. Maybe there's only one. Maybe, but it'd be very funny if he spent hours searching through dozens of caves, found nothing, came back to Alfred. He's like, I think Bullock's the guy, Alfred. Like, your croc theory is very wrong. <laughs> my croc theory, sir. <laughs> I think my croc theory is killer, sir. <laughs> I think it's a croc of shit, Alfred. <laughs> So then we get Batman and Croc going toe-to-toe for the first time. What did you think about Batman and Killer Croc facing off for the first time in that cave? I liked it, and I liked how... uh, Okay, well, Killer Croc's... This is... I have a question to ask. Killer Croc says, We're not in a bat cave now. You're on my turf. So is the bat cave public knowledge to people that, that Batman is in a cave? Or is it just... You're a bat and bats are in caves, so it's he's just saying, Oh, you're a bat in a cave, that's your strong place. I'm a croc in a sewer, this is my strong place. Yeah, I don't know, because it's a very good point. I, I thought the same thing. Because he's not going around and saying to Commissioner Gordon, like, you know, I'll go back to the bat cave and I'll study this. Yeah. You know, like he's not saying that to <laughs> people. Like, the what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my bat cave. It's this awesome place under way way <laughs> under the ground. <laughs> Super under the ground. <laughs> and I hang out with Alfred there. And then he makes me soup. <laughs> Alfred? Yeah, British guy. Butler? Ugh. I mean, his name is 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 uh, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> Jeff the butler. Jeff he's, Pennyworth. He's, uh, Not related to Alfred. <laughs> no, no. It, it, he's from the... Jeff from Wales is in the back cave. Speaking killer croc Wales, do you think there's a connection? Hey, animals, right? Crazy stuff going out there. (laughs) 
I'm gonna Gordon, go. Gordon disappears on him this time. I was yeah. like, where'd you go? <laughs> so that's what that feels like. <laughs> that is the Batman movie equivalent of, and I thought they smelled bad on, on the, the outside. outside. Yeah, that is exactly what that is. Um... So, yeah, when Batman and Killer Croc go toe-to-toe, I did think it was a pretty cool fight until Croc picks him up over his head and Batman's feet just start kicking like a baby. Did you see, like, he's just got this sporadic no, little kick that he's doing for such a long period of time and I can just see he's like, him. no, th- th- this is a technique that I, I studied with the League of Shadows. <laughs> it's when in doubt, kick it out. Like, you're just going <laughs> to spread your legs. It's called temper tantrum. Just throw it. That's right. So I'm... Uh, I'm surprised that Batman has never heard of Killer Croc. Like, he goes back to the Batcave and he's looking through all this research and, like, he's like, oh, I found this newspaper article. On his old-timey, like, newspaper reader. Like, there's all this technology. My wife pointed this out. There's all this fucking technology in the Batcave. Like, all these supercomputers. He has a computer that can 3D model together faces (laughs) so he can recognize people. And in this scenario, he chooses to, like... Alfred, we need to go to the local library and pick up every Gotham <laughs> Gazette from 1990 to... 1992. Wait, what year is this? 1930? <laughs> I, I'm wasting Alfred. I think it's great, too, because, like, he has to go through so many, and then he's he comes across... This one where he's like, oh, here it is. Killer Croc, look, wrestler, blah, blah, blah. And then he says, oh, he turned to petty crime like two years. And I was thinking Batman would definitely know, even if it's a petty criminal, that there's a six foot five giant crocodile man running around Gotham, right? He's like, I hadn't heard of him until now. And I like maybe he was active when he was off training to be Batman. I guess, but still, Batman, like, does a lot of research. you think Alfred would be like, look, sir, a criminal, that's a human crocodile. Sounds like someone you should watch. And then he's like, he's only committing petty crimes, Alfred. Not for me. I only handle the big crimes, okay? (laughs) Big boy, big crimes. (laughs) Like, you faced a giant man-bat, a giant mud-man, like... Come on, you'd think, okay, this guy's definitely going to be someone I, I Alfred, a giant crocodile man, though? Stretch too far. Yes, I fought a man that looks like a giant pile of shit. I fought a man who is a man bat and not a bat man. Crocodile, pig, what's that got to do with me, huh? Alfred leaves this time. <laughs> so that's what that feels like. <laughs> Fuck you. Oh, I hate you. I told Love you about you that crocodile man two years ago. You don't listen. <laughs> So Batman hiding in the back of Bullock's car and facing off against Croc was cool. There's a really cool shot where, like, Croc and Batman are, like... It's almost like, you know, when there's a a boxing match and they have the two people come in from side to side? There's a great shot of, like, Batman, like, clenching his teeth and Croc, like, growling at him as they stare intensely. And I see it in a lot of, like, marketing material, that shot. But there's that one scene where Killer Croc throws a sewer cover at Batman and Batman jumped into the, car. into the car and if he didn't close that door Batman would have been oh. cut in fucking half like that would have been the end yes. of Batman in two pieces <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine that's how Batman died like a sewer cover cut him in half like I, I thought it'd be so funny if the Gotham police had like a betting pool on how he dies and someone's like anybody have sewer cover thrown by a giant crocodile man <laughs> cutting him in half no oh that's a shame even when that happened when that like sewer cover went into the door I was like God damn, I said out loud. I was like, that was some that was a throw. And then and then Batman turns around and looks at Bullock like, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> and and Bully 
Bruce like huffing and puffing, and the Batman just sticks his fingers out to check if he's breathing. I'm like, he is clearly breathing. They're like, are you all right, Batman? He's sitting there going like, uh, uh, and the Batman's like, let me just check your pulse. Like, like what the fuck? No one does that. Stop, drop, and roll. Wait, no, that's the wrong procedure. Batman's just rolling on the ground outside the car. He's like, it's okay, Bullock. No one's on fire. Do you need the staying alive chest bumps? First, I was afraid. Yeah, so my love that Batman moment in this episode, there were so many cool Batman shots. There's like a reflection in the window and lightning strikes and you just see Batman's silhouette. Mm-hmm. I like when he appears in the greenhouse with Thorn and he kind That's of... That's the best one. It is a really good one, but I have this one that I really liked when Batman jumps down we into... Used to, we started Love That Batman because of Batman in the greenhouse from this episode. Did we? This was like... This was like one of the ones we always talked about. Like, oh, I remember Batman in like that greenhouse and like the lightning strikes and you see him in the silhouette. Like that was like one of our OG, like love those, that Batman. Thoughts. Well, I've moved on and I've got one that I like more. I think. <laughs> like that can be yours. We don't have to have the same one. No. There are no rules. That's your one. The greenhouse one. Apparently there are no rules. When Batman jumps down into the sewer to chase after Croc, we see a silhouette from above of his like bat silhouette in the water. And you just see the silhouette like jump down. And I loved it because it was like you just see his shadow and then suddenly he's in the water and then he runs towards the camera. You get the bat signal coming straight at you as it goes towards the screen. Batman's March is playing. And I was like, go get him, Batman. Like I was like, that was a really cool shot and process of him getting in the sewer and going off to Croc. Like really like the shots that they chose there. So that was my love that Batman because I loved it. Jolly good. There is a bit of a Scooby-Doo moment, though, when Batman tells Croc, like, he knows the whole story, and Croc says, Yeah, and I would have gotten away with it, too, if you hadn't interfered. And I was like, and for your meddling kids. For that meddling bat. What? <laughs> that bat. <laughs> good one, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Alfred, did you get that one? <laughs> I, it's going to be a tough act to follow when I do my impersonations later on. <laughs> Why'd you do Scooby-Doo? I thought you were going to do a Scooby-Doo impression. What, actually an impression of Scooby-Doo? Can you do Scooby-Doo in there? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a ruby ruby ruby. <laughs> Soinks like Scoob, it's the bat! <laughs> and the killer croc, man! Jinkies, I'm a sexual awakening for many young boys. <laughs> A thorn on your pants, you're just happy to see me. <laughs> that was Killer Croc, dude. <laughs> Thank you. That's my thought. Um, so, what do you think of the final fight between Batman and Killer Croc in the sewers, then? <laughs> I don't remember it. You I really don't remember it? An hour ago. <laughs> no. That's crazy. So, I, I mean, it wasn't amazing, but I do like how Batman throws that, like, blinding light. And then he changes his sight to like yes, this infrared. Yes, eyes to red. That was cool. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. I thought he looked really cool when he did that. But what I didn't like that kind of like ruined it for me is Batman's wading through this water, right? And he's waist deep. And then Killer Croc pops out of the water and he's like eight foot tall in this shot. He is mm. way too big, like bigger than he normally is. And he takes Batman under the water and suddenly they're in like 10, 15 foot deep water. And I was like, Batman was just in that water waist deep. And now... In the same place, they're like deep underwater, like right. wrestling around. So it's it's like in Jurassic Park when the T Rex walks out of its broken pen. And yes, 
later on people fall down the cliff on the side of his yeah and where did that come from yeah 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 so that kind of threw me off and he took killer croc out with his grapnel gun which you didn't remember but i i did think it was kind of cool because he thought quickly like underwater how do i get him off of me i know i'll just repel him off of me and that knocks him out and then at the end we get batman dragging his unconscious body out of the sewer and he tells Bullock that they both operate in different ways when enforcing the law, but they both believe in the law, which I thought was interesting because I realized in this episode, it really progresses Bullock and Batman's story going forward. Because up until now, Bullock has not tolerated anything to do with Batman, right? Like he's just yeah. been like, fuck this guy. I hate him. Bullock was in a world that started with Batman in a Gotham that was mostly non super villains crime, right? It was all mobsters and and petty stuff. I think Bullock hates Batman in that system because it's up to the police to protect and serve in that scenario, right? right? And and he believes in the law, so he wants it done by the book. Respect Bullock in that sense. I think Bullock grows to realize, especially in this episode, that Batman's necessary when there's giant fucking killer crocodile men running around or man bats or other things like that. That's when he's like, all right, fair dues. Get the Kung Fu kicking, super ripped tall guy to come in here and deal with that because I do not get paid enough of that shit. Like, I'm I'm here to protect little Johnny living on the street, not freaking die by being my throat ripped out by a crocodile-toothed man. Yeah, or like a giant, like, shape-shifting mud man or like any yeah, of Yes, a giant shape-shifting piece of poo. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think he just respects Batman now. Like, he still doesn't like that he exists, but he respects him for existing. And as you said, there's his place in Gotham with some yeah. of the criminals. Uh, after that, we get Bullock being acquitted of all charges, and Batman gives a cheeky little smile in the Batcave as he watches on TV. And that is the end of the episode. So, yeah, first Killer Croc. I thought it was a pretty damn good episode. Does it make your top three? It does not. I think it's a very well animated episode. I think the cinematography in the episode is great. The lighting is great. The vibe, the mise-en-scene, the atmosphere, it's all top tier. Very cool stuff. Doesn't really feel Hitchcock in this episode, like music does, like you said. But to me, it felt more classic universal monster in a way i felt like i was watching the wolfman or creature from the black lagoon or something like that a fitting episode for halloween it is the spooky season that's right yeah it was definitely more in that vein with uh, but a lot of noir in there still at the same thing like yeah it also felt uh why do i always forget his name the super famous director that made citizen kane awesome wells it felt more awesome wells this episode yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think it was it was a really good episode, but I don't think it makes it into my top three either. I think it's still on Leather Wings, Two-Face Part 1, and Joker's Favor for Ooh, both of you us. You say either and not either. I say either. Tomato, tomato. You say either and I say either. <laughs> either, either. Is that your Killer Croc? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Killer Croc's back. Yeah, I also do impersonations of singers from the 1940s. That was uh, Louis Armstrong. <laughs> Is there any croc-related titles of anything that we can... Uh, I gotta rock around the croc tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Zing! Zing of the crocodile shoes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
So next episode, we are going to rank the villains of Batman the Animated Series. That's right. There are so many villains in the show, and we're not going to do the new adventures or anything. We're just going to stick to the original Batman the Animated Series villains. So we're going to do a ranking episode next week because the internet loves a ranking. So we're going to do that for Batman. And then after that, we'll come back with our Fear of Victory episode review. Buddy, do you remember anything about the title Fear of Victory and who it involves? Sounds like a Robin episode to me, but is it? Robin is in it, and we haven't seen Robin. Can you believe that we haven't seen Robin since Christmas with the Joker? Wow, that's, what, episode two? Two? Yeah. Long time since we've seen Robin, so he's yeah, back. I kind of forgot he was in the show. Right? So we're going to have Robin back. But Fear of Victory, yes, it does involve Robin, but any other idea of who the villain might be? Fear. Scarecrow. Bingo. we got a Scarecrow episode coming next. We haven't seen so Scarecrow first, in a long time. Oh, no. Joker is the first reoccurring villain we got on this show. So it, I guess the second reoccurring villain is Scarecrow. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, unless you want to count Rupert Thorne. That's true. But yes, as a main villain, you're right, it's Joker, and then Scarecrow is the second. All right, it's our first game of the day, which is Riddle Me This, William. Focus! 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 But you'll still have to answer the riddle. I can't believe it's luck. Oh, darn. Now there's a riddle for you. A lucky guess, that's all. Now, now, no sore losers. <laughs> this is a game I play with my brother where I ask him three questions on the episode we just watched to make sure he was paying attention. Feel free yeah, to play... A... <laughs> it's getting out near already. Feel free to play along at home or in your car or wherever you are. Is it getting hot in here or is it just me? It is, and I'm I'm wearing a knitted black t-shirt today and i went to the shops so i was fucking boiling can i grab your titty through that knitted t-shirt <laughs> easily it's not very strong material <laughs> all right question one what type of answer does thorn have for batman what type of answers answers he goes yeah i've got answers for you oh uh in the form of 32 caliber Ooh, add six 30 38 caliber correct answers. correct that's what he says 38 caliber answers i like that that was such a gangster thing to say i was like that's pretty badass question two what is batman's favorite soup french onion that's right in a microwavable crock my favorite soup is butternut squash is it yes uh mine is i'm not really a soup guy nothing comes Neither to mind, mind. Uh, question three. How did Killer Croc escape from jail? He tells Bullock. He says, they never, uh, they never check the sewers. That's right. He escaped using the sewers. And a bonus question for you, bud. What time does Bruce Wayne turn the clock to in order to enter oh, the back fuck cave? you. No fucking clue. No, I thought it was a he pretty... He turned it to 69, 69. <laughs> That's not a time. <laughs> it's all the time when Batman's in heat, baby. I thought you were going to say 645 because the 45 is the, the 9. 420, blaze it, bro. He turns it to 12 o'clock. Why? Is that what his parents voted? I don't know. I thought that was um, what the clock time was that in other canon. But I don't think it... I mean, I'd be surprised if they were killed. They weren't killed at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. That's for sure. It wasn't daylight. Mm. So... If was it midnight? And if that's the case, what do you got a kid out at midnight in the streets of Gotham? Irresponsible. <laughs> no wonder you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And also, what happens when that clock turns to 12 o'clock? Like, that's a time where people are probably in Wayne Manor, noon, 
on like you know a Wednesday, and what does the door just open? Yeah. Okay. Well, how is how? But it a clock can't differentiate between noon and midnight. It's not like AM or PM. It's a fucking grandfather clock. Some of them do. There's some of them have a little like AM PM dial next to them. Well, this one very suspect i was like that thing's gonna fucking open at 12 o'clock every day alfred must be like for fuck's sakes choose a time that doesn't exist maybe it only does it when you touch the dials oh maybe when you turn it around yeah maybe Um, used to do like a full spin or something like that quick quicker spin i like the grandfather clock entrance do you like that yeah, you and I would never be able to fucking go into the Batcave because like, w- us walking through a grandfather clock, that's not going to happen. <laughs> it's a very thin clock, isn't it? It's like, yeah. it's like perfectly... We're like, we were like, oh, imagine you being like, oh, buddy, we're going to go into the Batcave. Are you ready? <laughs> oh, my God, it's a childhood dream. Here we go. I can't go through. I can't go through. <laughs> Try going sideways. I'm stuck. <laughs> sideways is somehow worse. <laughs> somehow worse. <laughs> we look skinny from the front, but if you look at us from the side, we are just giant balls with legs. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> so, <laughs> I think that would make you finally start losing weight, as if you couldn't. You were too fat back to, game. to see the back game. Yeah, yeah. I would. I would definitely be like, I gotta take control if I can get into the back game. <laughs> gonna have some French soup with Alfred first, and then I'm really gonna put my all into it. <laughs> I can see like. Someone else down there being like, oh, cool, a Batmobile. And I'm stuck in the doorway. Like, I can't see. <laughs> you hear your girlfriend down there like, I'm not even that big of a Batman fan. This is amazing. Wait, I get to ride in the Batmobile with Batman? Ah, fuck. <laughs> Somebody, please, can you push oh, me? Oh, Alfred's here. Hey, Alfred, too. <laughs> a free present? <laughs> yes, no fat people allowed in the Batcave. <laughs> if you can fit through the door, you're not fat. <laughs> All right, it's our next game of the day. Ace, the bat sound. <laughs> this is a game that we play with you, the listener. Each week I'll play a brief music clip from the show and you have to guess who the character is or the title of the episode that the music belongs to. The answer to each clip will be revealed in the following episode. So last week we had this music clip. Here's a clue of a voice clip from that episode. Thank you, Dr. Long. I'll take that. Over my dead body. If you insist. Uh, What's happening? Ah, ah, No! (laughs) Bring him 
His torture has just begun. All right. So it's the spookies. It's the spooky season. It's the spooky. It's the spooky season. It's time to get spooky, buddy. Just have a stroke. <laughs> I'm so spooky. It's the spooky. It's the spooky season. It's the spooky season, and that music belongs to one character only. Who do you think is the master of fear? Well, now you gave it away at the end there, but uh, you know, if you just said, "Hey, it's like a quite a Halloweeny choice for a Batman villain," that's all Batman villains. So this, like, that's true. Batman's Rogues Gallery is like ha- just Halloween. Yeah, actually, I was thinking like, oh, we really lucked out with our Killer Croc episode being on Halloween, but then I saw that the next one's a Scarecrow, and I was like, that would have worked. And then I went for and I went further, and I was like, there's like six episodes that would have worked for Halloween. The only one that didn't was yeah. like the Clock King. <laughs> I was like, that would not and have worked. Christmas with the Joker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's about it. Um, so yeah, that is the theme to the Scarecrow, which I really dig. It's a great episode and a great theme. All right, here's a musical clip for next week's episode, where you have to name the episode that the music is for. say to you buddy with that one is the fish song birds of a feather are flocking outside outside. that's my clue in liquids they dance yeah everyone loves fish right (laughs) everyone's favorite band everyone knows what we're talking about in campfire chance all right it's on it's not an experience if you can't bring someone along there we go that's it yeah passion is strolling they strut out a stride that's a banger do yourself a favor go put on birds of a feather by everyone's favorite band fish that's b-h-i-s-h don't ask why sometimes they use a vacuum cleaner as an instrument in the band so you'll love it i'd recommend doing the studio version first otherwise if you do a live version you're gonna hate it <laughs> all right <laughs> bow down. oh and then that big fat solo by Trey Anastasio <laughs> I love how this is my clue and you're like I have no idea what music that episode is Birds, for but uh, <laughs> yeah we'll find out next week <laughs> <laughs> you have to bleep me out there all right it's our next category you've got mail Oh, by the way, this came for you an hour ago by messenger. You've got mail. Thank you, Alfred. This is where I take all your comments, emails, messages, and especially podcast reviews and read them out on the pod. All right, so first up, we have Britt Gibson, who dropped us some money in our tip jar last episode, but didn't leave a message. She's uh, emailed forward the message. And didn't leave us a tip this time around. What the fuck? <laughs> this is a regular thing, Britt. <laughs> Britt has said, hi, Alex and Will. I'm joking. 
Britt has said, hi, Alex and Will. Just heard your shout out on the Joker's favorite episode of the pod. Freaking stoked to be mentioned on the pod, by the way. I heard that you didn't get my message through PayPal and Tipjar, so I'm sending it along this way. Thank you both for all you're doing. It says, love listening to you guys discuss one of my favorite shows ever. I can tell you love it as much as I do. I appreciate the time and energy you spend doing this. Thank you. Also, you may have said it in a previous episode, but Egg Begley Jr. was also Edward Nigma's boss in Batman Forever, which I think is a really fun bit of trivia. She's right, and I think I mentioned it um, when we did the Fetal Clay episode when I said, oh, it's mm. the Voice of Germs, and he's back to work, Edward Nigma. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, the voice of Charlie Collins is also the same guy who plays Edward Nigma's boss in Batman Forever. Next up, we got Mitchell K who says, Hi there, first time writing, always listening. I just have to say that Will's Monster comic is and sounds awesome to read, and to toot my own horn, I wrote a rebooted version of Hugh Jackman's Van Helsing, where Ichabod and Van Helsing fought Dracula, the Headless Horseman, Jack the Ripper, and other monsters. But anyway, keep doing fun. what you guys do. Yeah, that is fun, and I'm glad that someone thinks that your Mob Smash sounds dope. I think it's got a lot of merit, and I can't wait to see that book come to life. Yeah, well, thank you, buddy, for writing that in. And yeah, a long time ago, I was making another book called Leave Them Alive, where I was taking Jack the Ripper and, and all this other stuff and like making it all like a big universe. So and Headless Horseman. I get the appeal yeah, there. Yeah. And Headless Horseman, They're great yes. characters. They're really fun to, to play around yeah. with. I mean, I... And they're all royalty-free, so... Yes. You know, public domain, so if you want to use these characters for your own stories, do it. Yep, that and Winnie the Pooh. Yep. Pooh will not be appearing in Bob's Smash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bother. <laughs> Next, we've got Rhett Mulberg, who said, After hearing the two-faced cape capers, I've been walking around saying, Baby, like Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> well, then you're going to like this episode. Uh, <laughs> I know. when you. Yeah, baby, yeah. When you mentioned it at the beginning, I was like, that's crazy, because uh, we haven't referenced Sammy Davis two-faced in a long time, but we got a listener who, who now... <laughs> Sammy Davis two-faced? Yeah. Listen, so Rhett has said, um, my family thinks I'm a bit nuts since when they ask why I'm talking like that. I just say, I'm two-faced, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> my family thinks I'm insane. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby, yeah. You might say that there are two minds about me. Hey, <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> What's for second cause, baby? Cook me some dinner, ma. How about dinner? Uh, and then finally, we got uh, listener Gabe Swilling, who says, Hey, guys, Gabe Swilling here, longtime listener of this pod and your Spider-Man, the animated series podcast. I was inspired a few years ago by your other pod and wanted to start a podcast about Batman, the animated series, but never did. I recorded some music to use it for and hate for it to go to waste. I love all your musical tags and intros. So I'm sending this to you guys to use as you would like if you want to. Thank you for years of laughs and for loving the same shows that I grew up with. Definitely the number one Batman the Animated Series podcast. Keep up the great work. Would you, cool. would you like to hear this theme, bud? Of course I would. Okay, give me one second. Let me share my stuff here. All right, here we go. series from the 90s the best fucking show this is batman the animated series podcast i am vengeance i am the knight i am gonna punch out your light mm. <laughs> oh yeah 
Oh, yeah, baby, I'm gonna play it two times. Two times, right, you, baby. Oh, yeah, baby, gonna play it two times. It's fucking lit. <laughs> it's good, wasn't it? Does it just end like that? Yeah, it just ends like that, yeah. Um, th- oh, mate, I, I, I was expecting... Not that. I was like, ah, it's going to be some shitty song. That was a thumping-ass beat. I felt like Blade was going to come out and start slicing vampire's heads off. That was sick. Thank you so much, Gabe. That was great. That was a lot of fun. I have to add loads of raps to it. I'm the Joker. Two-toner. <laughs> two-toner? What, the two types of makeup he uses on his face? Yeah. Because no, he's, he's black and white makeup. Did you say two? Right? <laughs> In the background. <laughs> Did you say two, baby? Yes. <laughs> I love how now it's just Sammy Davis for all your two faces. Sammy Davis Jr. Not even the cape cape i'm a gonna oh that's amazing <laughs> a crona a microphone abuser <laughs> microphone abuser oh limp biscuit baby um no oh, yeah yeah so thank you gabe that was great i heard that on the tra- oh, sick gabe when he sent that i heard that on the train and i was like i was buffing my head when it ended i was like ah <laughs> that was good fun um, yeah, finish that song, and uh, that's like a good song to work out to, like yeah. fucking on the treadmill. Or it sounds like the song in like a Batman video game, like a scroller, like a side scroller, mm. you know, but like modern. Or like when when Batman comes back in Batman Beyond, that's as what plays as he's kicking old Bruce Wayne's kicking people's ass. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, so thank you so much. Um, I don't know where that theme could ever go, so I don't know if we'll be able to use it, but I definitely will listen to it just to bob my head to it because that was good fun. Mm. Um, and that does lead me to something. I had a thought because we have a lot of themes on this show that I've I've made, and I, I'm not particularly saying I want to get rid of them, but I am always open. If you guys out there like want to do a theme for one of our segments, I'm open for that. And I even have an idea for a new segment because, buddy, every time we do uh, what you're putting in your holes, sometimes you go on what I call a wobby rant where you go hot. A wobby rant. And you go off the rails. Like you did that with the Fall of House of Usher last episode and you've done it with other things. And I would love to have a little, like, it could even be five seconds long, a little jingle where it's like, like it's a wobby runt or like so I don't I don't know even know what it would be, but like But you're the only one in the world besides some members of our family that calls me Wobby. Okay, well it's a willy rant then. I don't want to know I hate being called Willy. <laughs> right. a penis. It's a it's a well Robson rant. Like there you go, Robson rant. It's a Robson yeah, rant. That's right. Something like that. A Robson rant. Yeah, yeah, something along those lines, because you when you go off the rails, I would love to be able to play that to like I kind of reel you in sometimes because you're like, I'm going hot and I'm going crazy, and I just want to like hit the power button. Oh, I, you don't like me going hot and crazy about a subject? Sometimes I do. I just want to remind you by playing that jingle when you're you're going on a rant. Fun. You'll never have to use it again. I'll just sit here. No. Not share my opinion. Uh, my truthful opinion on anything. Oh, I need a, I need a theme oh, tune for this as well. The, the fake sympathy. House. Wack, 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 wack. I want a theme song. Every time you forget something in the past that's really fucked me up, <laughs> that you've just casually forgotten, and you just go blissfully alone in your life, and I have to sit and remember. This podcast just becomes one of those shows where we just play theme tunes like to everything. <laughs> it's not even us talking anymore. Um, and at the end, we fight to new dope Batman techno song. <laughs> to Gabe's techno song. That's right. Yeah, I, I. so if anybody has any ideas for a... For I like Wobby Rants, I really do. You call me Fine, you, you call me Wig on this show, like whatever. Like yeah, right. I like a Wobby Rant. Um, it's a shame it's not you and your Ranta, because then we could call it a Wig out. 
Yeah, that's true, but it's not me ranting. You're the one who's just like, ah, I'm going hot and I got, I got things to say. <laughs> so, yeah, if anybody feels like doing it, maybe no one will. Why not? Why not? Danger, Will Robson, danger. <laughs> oh, that's really good. That's a good one. Well, if someone out there wants to make something like that or toss some ideas, you can email us at batmantaspod at gmail.com. And if you enjoy this podcast, please be sure to leave us a five-star review on whatever you're listening to us on right now, as it helps us back grapple up the charts and attract both new listeners and guests. And if you leave a review, we might read it out on the pod at the end of each episode. And please subscribe or follow us on your preferred podcast platform of choice if you haven't yet already. Also, you can follow us on socials at BatmanTASPod on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, everywhere but the app formerly known as Twitter, which is at BatmanTASPod1, and that's because why... Because we are the number one Batman, the animated series podcast. You're goddamn right. And in the description of this episode, you'll find a tip jar where you can gift us any amount of money you can afford to give, if you so wish. As we aren't billionaire playboy philanthropists, any amount you can afford to give us is not necessary, but always greatly appreciated. And finally, you can follow me everywhere at Chef Alex Robson. And you can follow Will on his socials to stay up to date on what he's working on now and get a glimpse into the workday of a comic book artist and writer. Will, where can our listeners find you? Anywhere on the internet at Robson Inc. And that's R-O-B-S-O-N-I-N-K. Or you can head to my website, speechcomics.com, to stay up to date with all of the self-published comics that I am releasing. Next one's coming March 2024. Be there or BL7. BL7? Square. Oh. Why is it BL7? Oh... I just put my hands up. <laughs> Made a square. To make a square with my hands. It's, a, it's, a, it's something that Paul McCartney used to say. That's why I say it. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, <laughs> it would be L7 if I never get to heaven. Well, that's as, almost as cool as your uh, card collection. <laughs> now, I know you've all been listening. You know, you're going to go out and you're going to listen to uh, Birds of a Feather by Fish. Yep. Now you need to also listen to Sea Moon by Paul McCartney and Wings. Those are your two music choices for this episode. Birds of a Feather, Fish, Sea Moon. It all has to do with the sea, which is where the Killer Croc is from. The letter the letter C. Yeah, well, let me, let me make my connection. That was pretty clever. Yes, very clever. As clever as Killer Croc would do. <laughs> All right. What are you putting in your in your Croc cave? What are you stuffing into your holes? My Croc holes? Your Croc holes. Uh, lots of random things. Uh, obviously, I've been watching some horror movies. I saw The Exorcist 3, and it was fucking awesome. Loved that movie. Yeah, you were hyped was not that. expecting it to be that good it was like watching the show mindhunter but with the exorcist peppered into it i was like this is cool like a detective trying to solve a case of a serial killer and the demons back from the first movie it's like a proper sequel and and i also saw child's play for the first time recently which i also really enjoyed and both those movies have the same actor in it i can't remember his name but he played worm tongue in lord of the rings and he's the the voice of chucky and he's like the human Chucky at the beginning of Child's Play. And he's also uh, this guy in uh, Exorcist 3 that's like a psycho um, that's like demonically possessed. And he acts up a storm. Like, if you enjoy watching people do good acting, watch The Exorcist 3 because everybody in it is just a fantastic actor. And there's some good spooks in it. There's like a nurse crawling on the ceiling at one point. 
there's a really great scene at the end with an exorcism and like this priest gets shot against the walls. He's fighting a demon and he goes to pull himself off and all of his skin rips off because it's attached to the wall Ooh. as he's as he's fighting it. It's just it was a fucking awesome film that I was I was not expecting that level of quality. I was like, Exorcist three, like the third Exorcist. This is probably gonna be shit. I never seen the second one because everyone always says that one is like laugh out loud bad. Like it, it was a really, really bad film. So yeah, I, I, it's based off of a book, I believe as well, that uh, Legion was the name of the book. It's based off of, uh, which is written by the same guy who wrote The Exorcist. So it is the true sequel to the film The Exorcist. So that's cool. That's cool. All right. What else have you been stuffing in your holes? I watched two episodes of the new uh, Interview with a Vampire show and it's all right. Okay. It's okay. I don't know if I'm going to continue it. There's parts in it I like. I do like the idea of someone like turning someone else into a vampire. You see them being a vampire for the first time, but it's not. It's not very good. You know, it's not like anything amazing. It's just I like I have it on whilst I'm working. Right, especially after Same what we do in the shadows, which is just the best vampire show ever made. It is. Yeah, uh, we're still watching a little bit of Fear the Walking Dead every now and then. Oh, really? Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's dog shit. You seen uh, John Glover, the voice of the Riddler? Yet he's in that show. No, he'll pop up in that show. I'm right at the beginning of, of that show. And I know it ends up turning into like one of the worst shows in television, which is what people tell me, but I love zombies, so I'm going to keep going with it. And a bunch of stuff. I, me and my wife have watched a couple of horror movies that we enjoyed. Um, and yeah, I, I, like I've, I've been writing this mega list, right, of all the things that I want, because my wife used to have a list of uh, vinyl records and video games that I wanted so that she, when my birthday or Christmas came around, she could choose from it. And I loved it because I would make this list of stuff I wanted, but I wouldn't say, because before I would say, I want this, I want this. And then you get it. And you're like, oh, well, I kind of knew I was getting this stuff. So it takes the excitement out. Mm. Now it's, I've given her the mega list, which is just <laughs> every vinyl record I want down to like a T of like, it's this edition and this, 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 and this, and here's an example link and all that stuff. Every video game I want, every comic book I want to collect, every training card that I want, every uh, toy I want, every book I want. Like it's any material thing and digital thing. I have my wish list of digital stuff I want to own because I was like, fuck it. I'll send this list to my brother. If he ever wants to say, what do you want for your birthday if you're Christmas? Go to the mega list and you'll be able to find something there. And it might be fun for you to see it because you'll see the list and you'll go, oh, he wants that. That's a nostalgic thing from my childhood. I'd love to get him. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. Well, like Jim, last year, share got, the mega list with me. I will. Last year, you got me Marvel superheroes on PlayStation 1, what which is game. very nostalgic for you and I. So getting that was fucking awesome. And who's, Thank you who's that, the G as Wolverine in that game? You are. You're much better at that game than I am. I bow my head to Like you. I was saying, we you, are, last time, you are the bat in Batman Arkham Asylum in Arkham City. You are definitively Batman. And that kills me to say that because I want to be Batman. But you smash as Batman and as Wolverine in Marvel Superheroes. I... Whatever he says. <laughs> I, I'm very... I'm much better at the Mortal Kombat style game, so... You play me in DC Universe vs. Mortal Kombat, which is a great game, I, and I'm Batman, I'm going to kick your fucking ass. Any Marvel Capcom-based game, you will always win. And my wife will always win. My wife as Chun-Li is a force to be reckoned with. I cannot beat that motherfucker. I need to face, I need to face your wife in the yes. game as, as Wolverine vs. Chun-Li, right? It, Marvel vs. Capcom 1 has Wolverine from Marvel Superheroes, 
uh, and Chun Li from Street Fighter like three. Right. So put put you two guys together. You, you, that's going to be quite the battle. Drill power. Drill power. <laughs> it's, it's drill claw, motherfucker. It, drill claw. Is it? Oh, I thought it was drill power. Yeah. That's what no. that's what I'm doing at night. Drill power. <laughs> <laughs> Best I never with my, with my little Rupert Thorne. <laughs> so uh, yeah, things that I've I've done. I'm putting in my holes. I went to go see Jurassic Park in concert at the Royal Albert Hall in London mm. recently with our dad, which was such a great time. I've never seen it on the big screen, so that was a really cool experience. We were in the third fucking row, so I was like, this is amazing. And I also love watching films at the Royal Albert when they have a live orchestra playing the music because see the music performed in front of you, it just, I just, it's, it's better than just watching the movie. You know what I mean? It's such an immersive, extra layer of experience. So it was really great to see that. And our dad like loves Jurassic Park and like we love Jurassic Park. And it was a big thing in our childhood that he would like play games with us all the time and, you know, pretend to be a raptor and chase us around the house and stuff. So that was great. There was loads of things I noticed because when I watched it before, you know, I have the temptation to look at my phone where obviously I'm watching this and I've got the orchestra in front of me. So there's loads of little details that I've never really paid attention to that I noticed this time around. And also I thought was really interesting is, so our dad was 36 when Jurassic Park came out. Oh. And I'm 36. So I said to him, I was like, so 30 years ago, you were my age and you saw Jurassic Park on the big screen for the first time. And now I'm 36 and I'm seeing Jurassic Park on the big screen for the first time, which I thought was a cool coincidence. What, he didn't take you to see Jurassic Park? No, I was too young. I was like six. So he didn't take me to go see... It's not too young for Jurassic Park. Well, that's... I mean, I don't know. It was... It was the... It's the first PG-13 film, right? Oh, no, that's Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Sorry. But yeah, Jurassic Park, it's like, it's got some scary bits for a six-year-old. Yeah, but it's, it's, you, a, a parent can bring a child to a movie. The the numbers are, as long as it's parent guardian, it's fine. Well, he said he didn't take us. He, PG. He went, he went, um, we must have been, like, had a babysitter or something, but I didn't go. I wouldn't see that. I was three. I yeah, was three we went to go see The Lost World when that came out, but. Yeah, I remember seeing We saw it, Jurassic Park at home whenever it came out in video, so yeah, I thought it was really cool that um, I was the same age and seeing it on the big screen for the first time. Like in- I have a distinct memory of the Lost World trading cards. I loved them so much. And I remember being in our grandmother's house and opening those cards and getting like the shiny stickers yeah. and stuff. I fucking loved it. Yeah. Um, I watched some movies you recommended, some old horror. I watched the original. Yeah, Bobby's wank recommendation. Yeah, wank. from the wank bank. Wank. We'll call it Bobby's wank bank. Oh. <laughs> the bank of wank. Nothing sexual about it. There better not be a Wobby's wank bank theme that someone sends as in. Usual with, as usual with me, nothing sexual about it at all. Wobby's <laughs> bank of wank. I can see a listener writing that like song and sending it in now. Wobby's wank bank. <laughs> nothing sexual about it. Um, <laughs> He's just recommending you movies that are old. <laughs> that he that he mentally wanks to bank a wank. It's a mental wank. He's having a mental wank. He's coming his brain. Coming his oh brain. Oh, God. Uh, so the first film was The Invisible Man, which you said you hadn't seen, but you bought all these old no. ones. Um, so I started with that. It was 1936, I think that movie came out. Mm, yeah. Really uh, old film. But entertaining you know what it's a tight hour and 10 minutes which i was like okay great. i can watch this like yeah smash I'm, this out this i'm is great. appreciating movies that are like an hour and a half recently Me too. i've been like great yeah 
I watched American Psycho last night. I've seen it before. That's an hour and a half. I'm like, this is this flew by. I was like, thank you. Yeah, ninety minutes is the perfect runtime for a film. Yeah. So uh, I watched American Psycho, as I just said, and then I watched uh, The House of Wax, which you recommended. Yes. Vincent Price, your first Vincent Price film. Yeah, where he was the lead. Um, yeah. Really liked it, man. Like Doug, the uh, the twist where you know you see the twist coming, but like the, I yeah. mean, this movie's so old, so I'm going to spoil things. And sorry if I'm spoiling it for you, but fucking watch it by now. It came out in 1956. The- Did you know the young guy in that is actually Charles Bronson? Oh, really? Yeah, with like lots of makeup on. Oh, shit, I didn't know that. So what I loved, even though I knew that the guy that was scarred up was Vincent Price and like... Obviously, you see his face. How could you tell that it was me? <laughs> I, can't, I can't do Vincent Price. But um, I, wa- I was wondering, I was like, so is he wearing the scarred face? But I was like, why would he wear the scarred face? Because you see his normal face later on in the movie. And I love when the woman like grabs his face and it just mm. breaks into pieces because it's made out of wax. I'm like, that was yeah. really cool. It was a great effect. I like the whole museum. I like his obsessiveness over like and the revenge and the revenge yeah like the guy that screwed him over he like not only um made it look like a suicide but then had his body hanging in wax and he literally he that guy dies the same way every single day as like a guy that like committed suicide and yeah i think it's dope it is dope it's a good movie it's actually i i believe i might be wrong so don't quote me on it i think it's one of price's first steps into horror but i'm not sure okay it's, it's like a leading man I, I could be completely wrong yeah i love that film it's it's a great great movie really i love the vibe of that movie like the scenery and and the wax stuff is creepy it is well. creepy like the woman the woman in the wax like is is creepy yeah i thought at one point i was like those are surely all actors that are made to look like wax figures but they're mostly wax i was like wow 1956 yeah, they look so realistic and the, the melting is it is well. yeah yeah it's a good movie so good recommendation on that um i watched hey, yeah, i watched the original halloween That's one in the bank like a big you know cash register yeah. noise Cha-ching. Wank, bang, and then baby. what if you don't like it um what if you don't like the movie the toilet flush <laughs> and a fart <laughs> at the end <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. I watched the original Halloween. I've, I've only seen it for the first time, like maybe a year ago, but now I'm like, I love this movie and very happy to watch, uh, anything John Carpenter too better. Well, I haven't seen Halloween two in a while, so I'll probably watch that again this year, but anything John Carpenter, I'll give a, I always would give a watch, but I really like the first Halloween. And then finally, I'm on still on my friends marathon, which uh, just as today, which is really sad news. Um, we lost Chandler. We lost Matthew Perry. He yeah. he passed away, which uh, is awful. We only have details that we've been given is was an accidental drowning in his hot tub in his home and was found by his assistant and no foul play is suspected but yeah i woke up to that this morning and like my partner's a huge friends fan it's the reason i'm watching it's because she loves the show so much and i'm really digging the show and i'm really enjoying it and we say we say a lovely throwaway line to one another where monica is giving him a massage (laughs) and monica says say goodbye muscles and he goes goodbye muscles because he's in so much pain (laughs) and yeah Yeah. just uh no she she says something like say goodbye to pain muscles yes that's it yeah he says goodbye muscles muscles. yeah 
Um, so we say goodbye muscles to each other all the time when we're leaving the room or like we're going somewhere without the other person. We go goodbye muscles. Um, yeah, it's a go- it's a great. Line. Yeah, so it's just he's my favorite character. Do you know what's so weird is that yesterday, um, she said Chandler's your favorite, isn't he? And I was like, I think he is. He really makes me laugh. The way Matthew Perry delivers his lines, his body language, the things he does makes me laugh every single time. So yeah, even though I've just started watching Friends, uh, you know I. I was sad this morning. I was like, that's a real bummer. And we were watching Friends, and I was like, this is so weird like, like to watch this. But like Richard Mole, I was saying at the beginning of this podcast, we've got a huge body of work that we have to always watch and appreciate what Matthew Perry did in Friends and other things he did. I watched. He did that movie with Chris Farley the... with Almost Famous. You remember that movie? That like. Oh my God, me and my childhood friend teddy used to watch that movie all the fucking time i remember that being specifically, good specifically specifically because of the scene when they're starving and chris Farley like <laughs> steals the eagle eggs food and he steals the eagle eggs and the moment he hears <laughs> it's the way chris Farley shoots his head up to look at this eagle it's so funny um i actually watched a movie of matt perry's that i hadn't seen in a long time this year this summer I rewatched him and Bruce Willis in I can't even remember the name of it. No, I just did. randomly put it on on a Sunday. It's the movie where Bruce Willis used to work for like the mob, and he like goes into. Oh my god, I forgot about that movie. Matthew Perry is the guy in that movie. Next door to Matthew Perry, yes. Oh, what is the name of that movie? Uh, they made a sequel to it. It's like the whole nine yards. I think it's yes. Called. You're right. It's the whole nine yards. Yeah, good yeah, movie, man. I, I forgot about it that. It's a great movie. I, I randomly watched it this summer and it, it holds up. It's a fun film. Oh, I need to watch that. That's a great film. I totally forgot that was Matthew Perry in that movie. Yeah, so really sad to to have seen that news. Obviously, by the time this comes out, it would have been quite a few days, like four days since his passing. But yeah, um, just go out and watch his stuff and, you know, and remember all the things that make you laugh and make you feel good because that's what he did best. So yeah, may he rest in peace. And I hate to end on a sad note, but that's all I've been watching, bud. Is there anything Graham, w- you want to add? Wig starts watching Friends and he kills one of the friends. Thanks, <laughs> Whoopsie. Hey, I just saw Friends. Um, is there anything you want to add before we jet off? Uh, check out all of my work at speechcomics.com to stay up to date with the comics that I am trying to self-publish and get off the ground with the help of good folks like you. We've had such a successful campaign with issue two of Outbreaks, and a lot of people that backed that campaign were listeners of Batman the Animated Series podcast. So thank you guys very much, and I will see you in March when I launch issue three of my zombie anthology comic Outbreaks. That's right. Well, that's all the time we've got for this week. Join us next time where we'll continue talking all things Batman the Animated Series. Until then, I've been Alex Robson. I've been Sammy Davis Jr., baby! Oh, yeah, (laughs) Two-Face. And remember that we are Vengeance, we are the Knight, we are a podcast. Goodbye. Toodles! I nearly stole Toodles from I I saw you do that. Uh, I'll let you Don't you dare. Toodles! I just had a fun excursion. Oh, uh, yeah? What'd you do? Well, now that I've quit smoking and vaping, I found myself wanting... Are you eat? Are you oh, Are you pulling a Larry David on me and eating while I'm talking to you? I'm hungry. I've got a little Mars bar here. Go on. This is a podcast. You can't just be opening wrapped stuff. I can hear the... What are you eating? A Mars bar.
A Mar- You're eating a full Mars bar? No, a mini one, mini Halloween one. I'm listening. No, Go I'll on. wait till you're done. Oh, right. I'm done. It's a mini one. You what wait. Fat guy opens up a candy bar on a goddamn podcast. <laughs> Talk about fat guy. <laughs> I'm fatter than you, and even I wouldn't do that. Oh, no, it's sticking to my teeth. Okay, yeah, keep talking. It's not, it's, <laughs> that's not podcast ready to have a Mars bar. Anyway, no, no. Now that I've quit smoking, and when I say that, like, I've quit cigarettes a long time ago, and I've dipped in and out of them, but I switched to the vape. Now I don't vape at all. I'm fully done. And I find that I want to get out of the house more now. Because I guess every day going out, and having a vape and standing outside was enough for me to have like little breaks in the day so I can get back to sitting on the sofa or whatever. But I don't know. After I, I've started like using my phone less as well, and I'm trying to like just live life a little bit more, you know what I'm saying? And get out and doing stuff. Yeah. Um, I have no interest in being like on my phone and seeing what people are up to on my social media. I don't care. You know, I don't give a shit. No one gives. That's why I don't post anything about my life on it. Because who gives a shit besides me and my wife? Um, so, started going out more, and my wife's thrilled about it because she loves. Anytime we go to like a shop or anything like that, we always have a good time and a joke around. Uh, the only problem is, is that when I'm there, it means we're always going to spend money because, you know, we see in our family, you, you and our dad are shopaholics. Well, I'm that in terms of going to like a grocery store. I'll buy experimental drinks, alcoholic or Oh, so that's where you're buying. I'll buy is. little tiddly Yeah, I'll buy little tiddly things that are unnecessary and, and I have fun there. Like my new little thing I get now is trading cards. And I was out and about today and I was like, I'm gonna get myself some Premier League trading cards and I'm gonna try and collect the the Tottenham squad. You're from not the Premier doing League that, trading cards. Are you? I am. And I opened some packs today and it was fun as hell. I had a great time. I pulled some card that is worth as much as I spent on all the cards. So I'm going to sell that and I'm going to sell oh, funds. This is the new obsession it. for you. This is well, yes, be... I've replaced smoking with collecting trading cards. I got a pack of Pokemon cards today as oh well. Oh my God. This is the new. You did all the video games and then you realized this is too much junk. How long until you get rid of the trading cards, I wonder? I've been buying video games back. What are you talking about? I have a huge collection again. Didn't you sell a shitload in all your systems? Because you're like, I've got I sold, too much. I sold all of them. And then when I, and I, I kind of had to do that because of the pandemic and I was not making any money. So that, you know, I sold my whole game collection for thousands and that kept us afloat. Now that's over, I've been slowly building it back up. Right. Okay. I'm in my office right now. I know you haven't seen my new office, but I have this huge IKEA Calyx unit where if you open every door there's a retro game console behind each door and there's games and stuff like that you know I love that shit but I'm, I'm getting now into the trading cards because I loved trading cards as a kid and, and I said to uh, my wife I was like I want to pull uh, a son uh, who's like the, the lead striker of Tottenham like I really want to pull like a shiny son and it's fun it's a quid to buy a football pack of cards one pound that's cheap as chips I think that's fucking lame. <laughs> I pulled I pulled a card today that's worth like ten quid, like a signature card, so that covers the bills, and it's it's fun for me. Okay. And it just means that every time I go out and about now, I can get myself a little treat. I think you're talking to the wrong person when it comes to this stuff. <laughs> I think it's fun that you're into it, but I I um I think it's pretty lame. <laughs> Says the guy that's like obsessed with James Bond and hosts Batman the Animated Series podcast. I'm not 
surrounded by merch. How's, by... how's your how is your Batman shelf going that you're trying to build? Gave and how's that Lord that. of the Rings tattoo that you're trying to get? Gave up, on, gave up on all of that stuff. Not happening. You're not you're not getting that tattoo anymore. No, that's stuff for says, nerds. Me, I'm a nerd. <laughs> yeah. Nerd. Uh, <laughs> you were no. all excited. And you're like, no, I think it's cool, man. And I was like, at the moment you said that, I was like, he's not getting that shit. Yeah, well, I yeah, I fell out of love with that quick. I'm like, I so actually I, I look, like my new house, and I want it to look like an adult lives here. I was going to get you some Batman the Animated Series stuff for Christmas, so I won't do that anymore. Well, uh, like, it depends. I've been tolling over that type of stuff. Like, what do I want? Do I want to get that stuff? Do I want to start a collection? I'm not sure I want to no. start a collection because I know how far it can go, and I don't want to do that. That's why I think I've nailed it, because you and I are very similar. We like our homes to look like adult homes. We don't put our nerdy stuff on display. We're big time nerds, but we don't like have pictures and posters and happily like display all of our shit. No, we we hide it away in 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 the shame that we have for it. Yeah, like in a in a <laughs> cubby hole in like the back room. Exactly. That's why with these in my office, you walk in. Not a fucking nerdy thing except for a couple of things. And but you. Besides besides my 12-inch Hot Toys versions of Resident Evil and Evil Dead, even though they're kind of cool, you know, they're horror. Like, that's a bit cooler. Besides those, everything's behind closed doors. And if you open a cabinet, it's like, oh, it's like a wonderful experience where you open a cabinet and behind that is a full collection of cool stuff. And that's what works for me because it's like I get to collect this stuff, I get to keep it, but I don't make it my whole fucking identity. My office is made for inspiring me to write and draw. So I have a bunch of movies and TV things that inspire me in him. But it's not like big posters of fucking Spider-Man or some shit. I think... And if that's that's what you like out there, that's totally fine as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I would love some sort of collection, but I don't know what I would want. And I, I know that I would go through a lot of pieces to find the ones that are like the ones that I would specifically want. You know what I mean? Like it would take me a while to find the only thing I, I know I would love to have. And I would put up on the wall behind me would be film cells, animation cells from Batman. Yes, of course. Yeah. Those but, are classy, but they're expensive. And that's why yeah. I haven't started that. Cause I was like, that's maybe where I can go with my sort of Batman collection, but they're like 800 pounds. Some of them, like the cheaper ones are like 300 quid, but that's yeah. still a lot of money. There's a there's a Mask of the Phantasm one at the uh, the comic store I go to in Dubai. That's like jo- Joker at the end of the film. I think on the jetpack with Batman, and that's like it's not a bad price. It's like two hundred and sixty quid. Wow, that's a good deal. That's a really good deal because you look online there those types of like specific shots of the film or the show where you're like, oh, that's a cool scene. That's when they're like, yeah, add three zeros to that. Like, god mm-hmm. damn. I think you should get yourself a. Like a three-tier Calyx unit, and put the doors on it. Nice furniture to have in your spare room. You could, you know, what you can use it as the side bedside table for the the spare bed you have. But when you open those little doors on the inside, it's Wiggy's little nerd collection. <laughs> People come over to stay, and they're like, "Oh, cool a cabinet for me to put my phone." What the fuck is this? <laughs> Don't open that. <laughs> Um, I'm glad you found little hobbies, little wobby. It's another wobby yes. hobby. Yeah, trading cards. Trading cards are fun. Uh, yeah, I was never into them. You were the trading card kid. I was yeah, never oh, the, the collector. Lost of that World stuff. trading cards, so fucking cool back in the day. Like I did the Pogs, and I did some of the Jurassic Park Lost World ones with you. 
But I remember you. Tazos, you did? Tazos, yeah. But I remember you went like, I got like, you had a booklet of like Pokemon and all these other ones. Like that was thick. That was a thick booklet. Well, for Christmas now, I I have, so I've now started what what I'm going to consider probably be my lifelong, it's going to take collection. I am now decided that I'm going to collect first print, first set Pokemon cards. They're expensive. Jesus Christ. I'm talking shadowless first edition Pokemon cards. The first ever printed is what I'm going. I love how you go from like a pound, like, oh yeah, football player cards to I want the like six zero figured Pokemon cards. Yes. Well, yes. I mean, sure. Would I like a 60,000 quid Charles or one day? Of course. But I'm going to start small and see how my life goes, you know, because in 20 years I could be a fucking millionaire and then I could buy all those motherfuckers. Hopefully you give me money first before you're buying some fucking Charizard. Why would I be giving you any of my money? Because I'm your brother and you love me and you're like, hey, you know what? This is for all of your hardships, bud. Here you go. Here's half my money. You give me Fuck half. That. You give me half, because I'm like... I ain't giving you shit. Yeah, no, I'm like you, but better. So it's like, all right, If I'll you became half. a millionaire, I wouldn't expect any money from you. You're like, I'm, here's a pack of train cards. I'm like, uh, Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Well, let's do a podcast, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry that in this fictional world when I'm a millionaire, I don't give you any of it. Fine. That's right. And now I will become a millionaire, and on purpose I will definitely give you nothing. Christmas, that's such a little brother thing to do. Like out of spite, like I didn't become a millionaire for any other reason. For this moment, hey buddy, look at all this money. No, you, you think that I lived my whole life in spite of you? You're always like, oh, he learned, I learned guitar, so then he had to learn guitar better. Like, oh, I fucking went to film school, so he had to go to film school and graduate. Do you honestly think that I like go my whole life thinking about you and like how can I one up my brother? Never crossed my fucking mind once. I tell you what, though, if it's that I do something and then you do something one up me. If it's a millionaire thing, if it's a million, well, yeah, you win there. But if it's a you think you're gonna get fat, bud, I'm gonna get super fat. <laughs> but if it's a millionaire thing, I'm happy with that. Like, if I become a millionaire and you become a billionaire, I'd be like, ah, well, I've still got you know, a million, so I'm good. All right, you ready to do a podcast, bud? I'm ready. Let's do it in three, two, one.